This podcast is brought to you by Uconnect, the creator of the first all-in-one virtual career center. Scale your impact and engage more students with a platform that puts all of your career resources in one place. Hey friends, welcome back to the Career Everywhere podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Metzger, and this week I'm excited to welcome Julia Volrath, the Associate Director for Campus Initiatives at the University of Florida. In this episode, I talk with Julia about how her team is using data to measure student engagement and track how students interact with career services. Julia talks about their overall data strategy, what specific data points they're measuring and how they're measuring them, what they've discovered in their data, and how they're using the results to adapt their career services offerings. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for being here, Julia. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, likewise. I'm super glad you're here. And I'm excited to talk to you today about how your team is using data to measure student engagement and how students interact with your career services office. So we'll dig into what data you're measuring and why, what you've learned from it, and how you're using it to inform your strategy. But before I get into my questions, Julia, is there anything else you'd like to add about yourself, your background, or your role there at Florida? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like I said, I'm super excited to be here. I've been in career services um, 13 years, if you count my two years in grad school. So I started off as a grad assistant over at the University of South Florida, which is in Tampa, doing career events. So I helped with all their career fairs um, and really got excited about career services that way. After that, I moved up to Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, and I managed their marketing and their career fairs. So I was able to really tap into that creative part of my mind, have a business major um, for my bachelor's degree. So I was able to use some of those marketing skills. I did career events with them, but it snows there. So I immediately was like, I got to get back to Florida. I tried it for two years and I was just froze. So I moved back to the University of Florida in Gainesville. I've been here for nine years. I've kind of worked my way up and seen different sides of the center. So I've worked student-facing when I first got here, doing different programs and workshops around competencies. This is actually before MACE had competencies, which dates me a bit. Um, So building those skills for our students. I then moved into working with our embedded liaisons, so staff that are um, working with the colleges specifically. After that, I helped us move into our new center. So I was doing facility management, um, some tech work as well, moving to a brand new center. And then in my new role, which I've been in uh, for about four years now, is I oversee our data, our strategic communication and marketing, and then our brand new initiative, which is Career Pathways. So those are staff that are student-facing, that are working to educate students on all the different industries that are out there for them and how they get experience and how they can really follow their passion as it relates to career. Wow, you've had quite the career path so far. (laughs) Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, I love it. Well, before I get into the more specific questions about our topic today, I do want to kick us off with a question I ask all of our guests, and that's, what does career everywhere mean to you? Absolutely. When I think of career everywhere, I think of they're moving of barriers, barriers for engagement, barriers for access. And so it can look different depending on the stakeholder group you're talking about. So for example, at the University of Florida, we're the centralized career hub. So we serve all students. doesn't matter if you're in school, your major, college association, even 
we do some alumni work as well. And the point of our work is to increase access for students. So making sure that all students have access to career to help them with their career mobility and really find out what they want to do and follow their passion. But also Career Everywhere, when you think of removing barriers and access, it could be our faculty and staff and help them to infuse career into the classroom and what that looks like and making it easier for them to do that. And then finally, with employers, it doesn't matter if you're Fortune 100, Fortune 50, or a small local company, how can we ensure that you get the best service that you need and we're meeting the needs that you have and helping you get the students that you need? So I kind of think of it in those three different buckets. I love that. I love that you broke it down by the different stakeholder groups. So now I would love to dig into our topic today, which is, again, how your team is using data to track student engagement. So to start off, can you just like give me an overview of your data strategy, like what you're measuring and why? So here, data is the foundation for literally everything that we do. So whenever we're looking to do anything, it falls back on what data do we have? How do we support that? So in order to do that, we have to track everything. And so we are a simplicity school. And so everything that a student does, we're tracking. Um, And so that is from the very beginning of their journey with us all the way through to we work with our graduation survey with our Office of Institutional Research and Planning. And all of those pieces come together and create different stories. And that's how I like to think of data. A lot of times people think of data as just the number and we forget that there's a person attached to it. Um, And so when you look at data and you track it and you look at the different ways it kind of flows together to influence either the decisions we're making or the decisions the student's making, it's really powerful. So we encourage all of our staff to make data decisions when they're doing anything. So if we want to do a new program, does it make sense based on where we know what our students have done in the past? Is it going to be in person? Well, that's probably where we want to go because we've seen a huge leap in our students coming in person when we look at data versus online. If we're looking to do a new career pathways program, how does it make sense with our graduation survey? Do we have a lot of students that indicate that's a career path that they're interested in? And so on and so forth. So we're using it throughout. And then we have a data calendar that we use that Because the other thing that happens with data is sometimes we get it and then we sit on it and we just kind of collect it and record it, which also isn't helpful. So I really make sure that we're putting it out there. So we use different signature data um, sharing projects to make sure that our story is being told to different stakeholder groups. And we do that through a calendar of data sharing. So it's really built into literally every aspect of the center. Yeah, sounds like it. And I love that that emphasis on sharing it as well, because that's, I mean, that's how your center tells their story. Exactly. I'm assuming to leadership, to students, to parents. To everyone, alumni, and everyone to help them understand what we're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's super smart. So like, what kind of data are you measuring? Like specifically, what metrics? So we look at a variety of things, but I, one of my favorite things that we have done is our gateway data. So this is something that we wanted to figure out how are students engaging with the center. So this came up in 2020 when things were different and we had to tell a different story. So we couldn't just say these are the number of students that are coming to our workshops, which in the past, that's the data that we collect and that was the data we shared. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. But in the world of 2020, that looked really different. 
So um, we worked, um, I worked with another associate director in the office to figure out how can, what do we do? How can we tell a different story? So we got with our, our research team, assessment and research team in our division, and um, we came up with the idea of gateway services. So how can we tell the story of where a student first engages with the center and then the story of where they go next and what that journey through career looks like for them? So we were able to use the data we're already collecting, which is engagement data points. So you're thinking about career planning, you're thinking about drop-ins, attending a career fair, things of that nature. But then it's also looking at our online resource usage. So that's our simplicity system. That is what we call CHOMP because we're the Gators, um, but it's focused too, right? And um, how students are engaging online as well because of the population that we're serving now. So basically we dumped all of that data into a tableau uh, and we're able to look at that first point of engagement. That's their gateway, that point of service. And then what happens next? And that has totally changed the way that we look at our student services because we found out that our top three services are really large services. So one is Focus 2, which is an online tech. So that's a number one way that students are engaging or doing that career assessment. Then we have our career showcase, which is our largest career fair. Happens in the fall and spring. And then third, we have workshops, which we include both ones that we host and outreaches. So ones that faculty, staff, or student orgs request. Those are our three top services that students are getting their feet wet, if you will, when it comes to career, which is exciting because for us, that means that it is scalable. Scalable means that it's not one-on-one. There's no way that we could have 60,000 students here at the University of Florida and serve them in a one-on-one capacity. So to see that we're already doing work where they're getting their needs filled in a scalable way was great news for us. And so we're able to track that and see where they go next. And then that next piece was really a big, really important for us because we had to think about that story. Because I'll be honest, that next piece could be they don't engage with us. That could be just one service and then they're done. And in the beginning, you're like, oh, no, why? Why did they come back? Um, and we had this panic moment, but then we kind of thought about it. We said, what if that's what they needed at that time? And they were good. We gave them everything they needed and they were able to either move forward because of the coaching tools that we used, or they're engaging with other partners throughout campus and kind of having that mindset. Um, so that is kind of how we're tracking it. And then we use that dashboard when we talk to our staff about their workshops, the services that they're providing, but then also really importantly, the marketing and language that we're using to guide them through kind of where we want them to go. Where do we want them to go next after a service? So we're using it in a variety of different aspects. Okay. I'm curious, what what did you find in terms of their career journeys? Like what was the common path? So really cool things that we found, I would say, um, for our workshops, we'll use that one. A lot of times for our undergrads, they would go to a workshop and then they'd go to Career Showcase, which is our big career fair. But what we found really interesting is for our grad students, they went to a workshop, a workshop, and a workshop. So that made us think, okay, is it that we weren't providing industry engagement opportunities for them and so they didn't feel like they could go to a career fair, it wasn't for them? Or was it that the workshops weren't giving them everything they needed and they felt like they needed to go to multiple workshops? 
or did they just like workshops, which is fine as well. So we took that and then we met with people from the graduate school said, Hey, this is what we're seeing. What have you heard from your students? Does this make sense for you? Is this shocking? And they said, yeah, this is what we've heard. And from that partnership and those conversations we had with them, we're looking to do an industry engagement networking event just for graduate students because they were looking for that specifically and helping them understand how to move from academia to industry. And so having some programs where we can plug in to the graduate school and their existing things that they're doing. So that was really exciting for us. And then we also saw one of the things that I found really interesting is when we looked at Career Showcase, I thought for certain, okay, you're going to go to a career fair. Your next thing is going to be an interview, right? That has to be it, but it was a workshop. And so I was like, oh no, what happened there? So we thought, do they not know that we offer on-campus interviews or do they not uh, know that we offer information sessions with our employers? So what we did with that is after Career Showcase, and I mean immediately after, so 305, we're sending out an email in Simplicity that tells them about next steps and what you should do after Showcase. So we did that this past year. We looked at our new data and now the second thing showcase might still be another career showcase or a workshop, but the number has moved when we look at information sessions. So we're getting more students to know that that's another option for engagement for them, which is really exciting for us. We're able to see that movement in just a year. Is It just speaks volumes to the power of this data. Yeah, that's a great example of how you can take what you're learning in the numbers and apply that in real life. Yeah. That's super cool. Thanks. So I think you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but can you just walk me through how you are measuring this data? We uh, collect it everywhere we can. Um, So we use Simplicity, like I mentioned, and so we use the kiosk system with Simplicity. So we do this a variety of ways. One, if it comes to the center, we are having them swipe in at the front desk and we're tracking that data there. Um, With outreaches, we're using QR codes in our presentations and there's using the QR code, uh, scanning in, um, and signing in through a kiosk there. All of our career fairs that are structured, so not in those like breezeway type atmospheres, um, we track the data there through the kiosk as well. So then we compile all of that in the Simplicity system, which is connected to the registrar's data. So we have live data with our registrar, meaning that we can know and pull reports for in the moment because our students will change majors, you know, um, and we're able to see that and how that changes. But also we have a lot of students will will come in their first year as a freshman, but then by their second year, they're a sophomore. And so that, you know, being able to understand that all that data is really important to us. So we look at everything from their attendance data, then we apply that to what does our early engagement look like? So that's first and second year students because of that switch that they do. We compile those together. We can look at engagement with our transfer students and what that looks like, engagement with our graduate or professional school students, each level of student as well. Each college, we do specific reports for each college on what their students are engaging and how they're engaging. And we share that with the deans. So we're measuring it all of that all of those ways. And we're always looking for this story. So I think what's really important with when you have an office that's so focused on data and data decision-making is that we're never looking at the numbers compared 
to the previous year in the sense of it's not higher, right? So we don't want to have that culture where it's like the numbers are the most important thing. So our director always said, if we do good work, they will come. And so when we talk about data decision making, it's to make sure that the things that we produce is what's best for our stakeholders and not with the idea of we got to get 50 more seats filled, right? We got to get that number up by this percentage. That's never what we're measuring. It's just to show like, look at how important career is to our students and look at all the ways they're engaging and the different things that they find interesting and that meet their needs. So those are different ways that we're measuring it and looking at it outside of the traditional, oh, our workshops are, you know, 5% lower this year. Well, there could be a reason behind that. And so that's not really the best way to use your data. Okay. That's a really good reminder. I think that it's it's not just about the numbers. It's about the students behind those numbers. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And it's really easy to fall into that if you are a data-driven office. And so remembering who our stakeholder is first, that is the most important thing. And keeping that at the forefront of our staff's mind is how we do that. Okay. I love that. So I'm curious, how are you keeping track of all of this data? Like, how do you visualize it so it's usable? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Right. That's always hard because, you know, people ask me that and I always tell them we don't have a data warehouse. So we don't have some fancy system that keeps year over year over year data for us to be able to track that. That's not the way that our system is built out. So we have spreadsheets in Excel, and I wish it was fancier than that, but we do have Excel spreadsheets year over year that we save, and that's how we're able to, if we need to, do year-over-year comparison. The Gateway Dashboard is fancy in the fact that it's in Tableau. It's a super interactive Tableau dashboard that we were so fortunate that our assessment and research department was able to build for us. And then our graduation survey is also in Tableau. So all that data we get from the graduation survey, we're able to look at that in Tableau as well. And then that visualization comes in the form of reports. So like I mentioned, we have a reporting assessment calendar that tracks our reporting and how we visualize that. So when we look at that, it's a variety of different ways. The first thing is obviously what everyone does is the annual report. So our annual report is on our website. It's a web page where you can go through and you can learn about it. And then what we've added, we do articles attached to that to help the data come alive. So we highlight three to four different initiatives that our office does that year. And we build articles for a narrative around it. And we add that as part of our annual report. So you can either, oh, that sounds interesting. I want to learn more. Or, you know, you just keep looking at everything that's on there. So that's our big one. We also do what we call um, career impact reports. Career impact reports are those college specific, and those are given to the dean, associate dean levels. And that just shows them how their students in their college are engaging with the center. And we also break down the graduation survey and share that with them. So they have a really great document to be able to talk about and share with other people in their college. And it allows our director to have really intentional conversations with the dean and the associate deans about career and what that looks like and partnerships. So we do that. And then we also do a specific one for our provost that looks very similar to that, that breaks down our work in the graduation survey and those pieces. So we post different data points on our social media. 
we like to share our, um, some of our data throughout the center on our digital boards. And um, so folks going around the center can see that as we're a part of the union. So we are in a centralized place on center, so we on campus, so we can share that. And then we also like to plug in data points just throughout our website where it makes sense, um, just to show scope and volume as it relates to some of our services. So this helps anyone that's going in to see when I'm talking about career planning appointments, this is how many career planning appointments we had last year. And they just see that as they're learning about career planning appointments. So those are just some of the different ways that we're visualizing it. One of the things I'm excited that we're going to lean more into with visualization is telling the story of our employer impact. And um, so future, we're looking at how we can take all of our job postings and create some sort of report around job postings, similar to how NACE does with their job outlook. So that's something that's in the works as it relates to showcasing that side of the house data. Okay. So I'm curious, are a lot of these resources like public on your website where folks could go and see? So our annual report is public. The current impact reports are given to the deans. So again, we don't want people comparing others. And so we just print those off and send those to the deans specifically. Uh, but the annual report is public. The graduation survey dashboard is also public. Okay, great. And I'll be sure to include a link to those things for those who are watching or listening, because I can guarantee you they will, folks will want to go and check that out for themselves. Perfect. Do your students get terrible career advice from YouTube and TikTok? Give them access to better video content with Candid Career Plus. The YouTube of career videos, Candid Career Plus is an expansive video library with thousands of career-focused videos that cover a wide range of topics, interests, industries, advice, and more. And every video is sourced from best-in-class career content creators, including ADP List, Way Up, and many more. Learn more at goyouconnect.com slash candidcareerplus. So, I mean, that's just so cool that you share out all of this data to these different stakeholders. Like, I'm curious, what has been the reaction to some of these reports or the fact that you shared them at all? Yeah, it, they're really receptive. It's gotten to the point where it's so traditional that they know when this meeting comes from our senior director, Jeanette Glover, she's going to be presenting them the career impact report and they're going to be talking about the year um, and what that looks like. So it's become just a traditional thing that's included. But I know for a fact that she just had a meeting this past summer with one of our deans and he was so excited. He was like, this is so great. We could be like a blue ribbon example of what partnership can look like. And we're like, absolutely. Yeah, let's make this happen. He's like, how can we grow? How can we be more involved in it? Um, in those pieces. So they're really excited about the idea of their students engaged in career services, but then using that data to talk about partnerships for the future as it relates to their college and their work and our work coming together. And the other piece that's really helpful is we have a brand new president on campus and one of his big initiatives is world-class career services. And for it to be a a university-wide initiative. It doesn't just fall on our center. Everyone is engaged in career. So this gives those folks some language to use um, when they're talking about that in their different spaces as well. So they find it really helpful. Yeah, it's like the ultimate conversation starter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it has started many partnerships and led to many different ways that we can support each other. 
Yeah. And I imagine it just automatically gives your team more credibility when you walk in with this report and say, here is exactly how students from your college are interacting with us. And here's how we can improve and just iterate on that. Exactly. Yeah. This is what we're seeing. This is what they're engaging in. And the fact that we put the graduation survey data on there, this is where they're going. This is what our data says that this is where their paths are. These are the industries that they're interested in. These are the graduate school programs that they're most interested in. All of that gives them that knowledge and they can see if it changes throughout the year because it's something we've done for gosh, 10 years now to be able to share that with them. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of something you said earlier, which was that you write a narrative around the data, like in your annual report and in these other reports you send to the deans. Can you talk a little bit about why that's so important and kind of how you go about producing that narrative? Yeah, it's so, so important. So when you look at data and you're doing strategic data work, if you just give someone numbers, they're going to interpret the numbers in their lens with their history and their knowledge and all of those pieces. Now, we hope for the best. and We hope that the way they're reading it, interpreting it is how you intended it for it to come across. But sometimes that isn't how it works out. And so if we're able to add that narrative There's many different ways that we do that to show either like this is the number, this is an increase, this is the number, and these are some popular workshop titles or topics that students are engaging in, telling that story of what the data means. And then most importantly is what do you want them to do with the data? So you have the data, you understand the data, now I want you to do something with it. And I think that's the part people often forget. And so you have to kind of guide them with an action step, just like we do for our students in career planning appointments. You know, we lead with, this is one thing that you can complete within the next week, right? It's similar with data. Like, this is the data we're giving you. And then this is an action step that I want you to do with the data. It could be as easy as, I just want you to share it with your team so they're well-informed as well. Or with our team, with our staff, our student-facing staff is, we present them the data and we say, this is the Gateway Services dashboard. These are our top resources. I want you to figure out how this impacts your work. And as you're planning for your academic year programming, how are you using this dashboard to infuse that into what you're presenting to your students? So that is really important. I forgot to mention one other data point that we use with our student programming is we've worked with our assessment and research team, and they gave us a dashboard that shows when students are available outside of class. So it tells us that students are taking class and then they have a break. That is the best time to engage students in workshops because they're here. And so that is another great example of how we've used data in how our staff take action. So when they put on programs, I will tell you, for some reason, everyone loves a three o'clock program. I don't know why, but we all love to put a three o'clock. I think it's because you do the three o'clock, you wrap up, you got an hour, and then you're good to go home, right? Are students even available at three o'clock on a Wednesday? (laughs) I don't know. Let's look at the data. And then they're able to see. And what we found is that we have students available at like 930 No one ever does a workshop at 9.30. So we said, let's give it a try. And we had like 20 students show up to a workshop at 9.30 on a Tuesday. 
And so that really shows how we had our staff look at the data, use the data. And then in this case, the narrative wasn't an article, but it was how they used it to plan their programming schedule. Because then they could share that with their coworkers about how it worked out and how I was able to reach more students and how the data is important. So that's another piece that we, how we've used it. Okay. Yeah. This reminds me of a conversation that actually came up at our Career Everywhere Roadshow a couple of weeks ago in Boston. We were talking about this exact same thing where the importance of attaching a narrative to your data, because if you don't tell your story, someone else is going to tell it for you. Yep. And you might not want that. The way that they're telling it is the way you want to tell it. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> might not be accurate. I'm curious, what's like an example of a, a narrative that you used recently? Yes, I'm so excited you asked me that because I'm going to talk about how we got Uconnect, actually. So one of the ways that we've used the data is to get funding for technology. So at the University of Florida, there's this grant. It's called the Tech Fee Grant. It's student tech fees that you're able to apply, write a proposal about how you would use it, and then get some funding to onboard new technology. So as I mentioned, one of our top gateway service is Focus 2, which is this technology, obviously. So in our grant, we were able to write out how students are using online resources for their career development. And if we use Uconnect, we'd be able to increase access to all of our other technologies that we have in the center. And I've offered for students by removing barriers and having it all in one place. So we used our data of how many Focus 2 users we have, how many students are engaging with the center on average, um, how many staff members we have, how that looks like in a one-on-one -on -one appointment situation. So using all of that data, we infuse other different narrative pieces about, you know, NACE, the future of work, all of these pieces, and put this together into a really great two-pager about why you can act as something that we need at the University of Florida. And surprise, surprise, we were able to get it. So yay. Um, <laughs> yay, we were able to get that. And the thing that they loved is students decide on who gets the, the money because it's through their fees. So there's a committee and they told us that they loved all the different data points we put in there. And then they loved the labor market data add-on that we talked about in there because that gives them more data at their fingertips and it gives them more information. And so we were like both sides. It was very meta, right? So we're talking about the data that we have and how we supported it. And then the data that they would have access to and how that they could use that independently to support themselves. And so all of that kind of put together was a really great narrative, a beautiful narrative that students really latched onto. And we're really excited to be able to have this access and be able to have this resource. Yeah, I love that. It's a great example of a narrative and I'm personally happy and that it was successful <laughs> and that you guys were able to get you connect. Me too. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to do like a part two to this episode to see how, how the journey adapts once you have the Uconnect platform all up and running. Yes, I love that. Let's do it. Especially with our gateway services, to be able to see that, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if it becomes a gateway. Cool. That's super exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, you've kind of touched on this throughout our conversation so far, but what exactly are you 
looking at or you're looking for when you're analyzing the data in your dashboard? In the dashboard specifically, so the gateway dashboard, we're looking at where are students coming in? What is that initial touch point? Is it scalable because of the size of our university being over 60,000 students? And then for us, our new thing is where are they going next? And is it continuing to be scalable? Um, so the what we don't want to see, and we have um, with our transfer students, for example, is we saw them coming in through Focus 2, and their next step was a one-on-one appointment. That's not really scalable. And that was a little scary for us. Does that mean that students who are transfer students felt like the focus to maybe had more questions pop up than answers and they needed that one-on-one time. So immediately we had to think about how do we change that? And so, you know, through different initiatives we spent over the summer, we're hoping to be able to impact that. Um, But that's an example of things that we're looking at. We're looking at all the levels. We have filters on this dashboard like crazy. So we can look at your, um, not year in school because it changes throughout. It's like um, seven years worth of data. But we can look at first time in college students, transfer students, our online students as UF has an online division. Um, We can look at our first gen students and our international students and look at all of that to see how they go through, move through. One of the things we haven't done yet that I I really want to look into is also the college So broken down by college, where are they coming in um, and how we're serving those students based on the college. And so that's a future plan that we're going to look at. But those are just some of the things. So it's where are they coming in? Is it scalable? Where are they going next? Is it scalable? Is it where we hope that they go? Because that impacts our marketing. And if we're telling that next step story, which is something that we're going to spend a lot of time this, this academic year focused on. So it's like, you did this, then you can do this. You should do this because it seems like you are interested in it. So we're going to spend some time this year and grow that narrative and using that data. So we're hopeful that next year we can see some movement as well in that. Okay. Yeah. It's like what you were talking about with the, how you added that communication after the career fair, trying to drive them to a scalable next step. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's exactly what we're looking at. So one of the things that we're going to do is we have this thing called Express Drop-In Plus. Um, We do it the whole week before Career Showcase, and it's just drop-in services. Students can come in and talk about anything related to Career Showcase. And so that's resume, elevator pitch, how to look at anything you can think of. But a big part of that is resume and then mock interview because we do have interviews right after Showcase. So we're going to test out to see if we send them an email promoting Quincia as our new, one of our other new tech that we have to get their resume reviewed after they meet with us. Is that going to show a movement? Um, So that's one thing that we're going to look at. And then we do prepare for career showcase workshops that whole week. So we'll be able to send that to them. And we're hoping that we'll be able to see a bit of an increase in those as well knowing that you are probably going to career showcase if you're coming to the service. So these are two other things that you can do to really feel prepared. Okay. I love that. It's just, it's so many good ideas and data-driven ideas that you know are probably going to move the needle. It's nice to be confident in that, I'm sure. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> We're excited to see what happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. You'll have to keep me updated. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, what have been a few of the most like surprising or interesting things that you've learned from your data? Wow, that is a great question. I think for us, when we looked at the gateway dashboard, what was really surprising is our three gateway services, again, that's Workshop, Career Showcase, and Focus 2, was the same for every population. And it was really like, hmm, I did not think that graduate students, that we would see Focus 2 pop up. But it did. And that was really surprising. So that made us think a lot about that population and how we're best serving them. Other thing that we found really exciting, we knew Focus 2 that a lot of students used it. We didn't know it was at the level when we look at the overall data as a first point. So that was really powerful. And then what I found really exciting and is that workshops because workshops are so scalable. And, you know, you hope that workshops are going to be part of that because staff are putting so much time and energy and thought into building these really creative workshops, but also their time as far as like outreaches after hours. And so you just hope, like, I hope that was one of them. And when it showed up, I was like, oh, okay, good. that is great. <laughs> this is what we hope to see with our students. So I don't know how surprising more in the fact that it was just so reassuring that a lot of energy that we had spent on marketing outreaches, working with faculty and staff to help them to understand it. You know, we go to faculty and staff orientation, we table there, we send it out to whenever we meet with a faculty member, like, hey, we do outreaches. Don't know if you know that. But then we also table at our big student org fair um, as a resource for the student orgs. So they come to us and they're like, I didn't know that I could do and bring you all to one of our general body meetings. I'm the professional development chair. And so we're able to do that. So it was just so reassuring that all of this hard work we've done into making really good workshops and focusing a lot of effort on outreaches was like, yeah, that is a top gateway service. That feels so good to know that that work is paying off. Yeah, I bet. Like, I'm sure it's nice to not only know that there are things you can do differently, but it's nice to have that validation of what you're already doing and spending a ton of time on. Right, exactly. It was very, very, it was just felt great. And then, you know, that email that I talked about, it was really, we had over 90% open rate for that email, which is unheard of in marketing and emails. And for us to see that that worked, and it was clearly a need that our students didn't know what to do after showcase necessarily. And just assuming that they did was not great. So for us to take that action and be able to help them with that, and then for us to see a movement in the needle felt really good. And to confirm, this is the email you're talking about is the one that you send after the big career fair. Yes. That's Sorry. Yeah. guiding them through next steps. Okay. That's the email. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Well, you've mentioned a few examples already of kind of how you've taken what you've learned and applied it, but are there any other examples you would like to share? Oh, well, like I said, we use it in so many different ways. The last one I would love to share is for our center, what we do with our student programming is we plan our whole ac academic year over the summer. So we plan our fall workshops, our spring and our summer workshops for the next summer, over the summer. And that's Sounds really overwhelming. Uh, and when we told our staff we were going to do this, they were like, you're, what? No, this is like, how are we possibly going to know what to do a year from now? 
I understand. Well, we have data. <laughs> so we put together a presentation at the very beginning of the summer semester for all um, staff members to see. And it has that student availability data that I talked about. So when they're free, what that, what that looks like. But then we break down our workshop data and our attendance data into very detailed information. So we look at when are the most popular workshops that we offered, what day were they, what time were they, and what topic category were they. So staff can look at that and how that applies. And then what we do is we overlay the student availability and to see if that match to show them that the data is working. But at the same point, we put up our popular as far as most 3 p.m. on a Wednesday workshops type things that we do. And then overlay that with student availability. And when we first did it, it was like, oops, they don't match. <laughs> um, and so we're able to really help our staff through that. So we're looking at not just student availability, but our own data. And when we've seen popular attendance data and engagement with students, and then where we're seeing our um, different levels of students engaging in different services. So they have all of that information at their fingertips. We give them the presentation after the meeting so they can use that as they plan out their whole academic year. Okay, that's so smart. And I imagine it feels good to just be able to plan out your whole year and then just focus on execution. Oh my gosh, it is a game changer because otherwise it would be like, I don't know, November, and I'd go to my staff, what are you all doing in January? <laughs> and we'd have to kind of stress and get that all together. Now it's like, oh, we've already done it. We're good. Is there any changes that need to be made? Do we still feel good about this? Okay, check. Let's make sure it's on the website and then we move forward. Yeah, I love that. It's easier to be agile when you already have a plan in place. 100%. Yeah, it's been good. So I'm curious, what are some more of your future goals for this data strategy? Anything exciting on the horizon? Yeah. So um, we've spent a really good amount of time on our student data. And my next goal is to move into industry data. And so we have, we're looking at the job outlooks UF, if you will, um, and how we can make kind of our own version similar to what NACE does. But then I would love to look at how our employers are engaging and make gateway dashboard for our employers. So we could see like, is that first point of engagement a job posting? Is their first point of engagement a career fair? What does that look like for companies and how they're engaging with us? And how is that scalable as well? And is it where we want them to go in? And then are they taking action continuously? And where are they going afterwards? So that is something that is on my wish list that I really want to look at and how we can tell that story of our other side of our center and how our employers are amazing and how they're engaging with us. I love that. That's going to be awesome. I'm excited. So hopefully we can have another meeting and I can share all the amazing things we found. Yeah, no kidding. We need like a part two and a part three. I love it. It's just so much we could cover. Well, Julia, what advice do you have for other career services leaders who want to do what you're doing with data? Yeah, and I know I talked about a lot. So you can't do it all at once. It's finding what is that, that thing that makes you curious. When I'm looking at data, to have that curiosity that drives you is a great way to start. So are you curious about your student data as far as even as small as when is the most popular time to have a workshop? 
you know, can we bite off that bit and look at that data? Or do we want to go big and redo our whole annual report? Well, if we're going to do that, what is the story we want to tell? And so I think it's deciding on our focus, the story, and the outcome. And if you have those things, it should help you be able to get started. And don't try and do it all at once because it's not possible. (laughs) Solid advice for sure. (laughs) Julia, if people would like to connect with you or learn more from you or ask you questions, where is a good place for them to do that? I'm on LinkedIn. Um, Feel free to reach out to me there, connect. Or I'm the only Julia at the UF Career Center. So you can feel free to shoot me an email. It's juliavolrath at ufl.edu. Perfect. And I'll be sure to include links to that in the show notes as well. And so now I want to finish this up with something I do at the end of every interview, which is an answer a question, leave a question thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask you a question that our last guest left for you, and then you'll leave a question for the next guest. So our last guest was Mike Summers of Lafayette College, and he left the following question for you. If you had two wishes, one wish for life and one wish for work, what would they be? I love this. <laughs> I'll start with work first. I wish that we had an unlimited budget. <laughs> so Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> that means we can hire more staff. We can get more technology onboarded, um, those sort of things. So if we had just unlimited money, I think things would be just a lot easier. So that would be that number one work wish. And then personal, I don't don't know if this kind of fits, but it would be really cool to be able to um, travel more. So I don't know if that means that I have more money or if I can teleport or I have access to a private plane, but I wish that I had the ability to travel more. I love to travel. My husband and I are really big travelers. We have many bucket list items, uh, places we want to go. So that is something I wish I could do more of. I love that. I'm the same way. I love to travel. So much fun. What's next on your wish list? I'm curious. So we're going to London actually uh, next month. Um, Ooh, fun. So that is next. And then we're saving up for Japan. I want to go big in Japan. So like two weeks, like have all these things I want to do. So that's our next thing that we're trying to plan out. Oh my gosh. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. I can't wait. It should be exciting. Yeah. That sounds amazing. So what question would you like to leave for the next guest? Yeah, I love this. So I actually do questions with my team in our meetings. I ask them one question and then go around. So this is one um, that I haven't had a chance to ask them, but I really like. If you had an extra hour in the day, meaning you had 25 hours, how would you spend that hour? Ooh, I like that. Oh man, I'm trying to think of what my answer would be to that. (laughs) sleep maybe (laughs) I know I feel like that immediately comes to mind but yeah that's a good one yeah I'm excited to hear the answer to that one yeah thanks I I thought it was good because you don't want to maybe you want to say sleep but then you're like but I have a whole extra hour what would I do yeah what yeah would sleep be too boring of an answer right exactly (laughs) oh that's awesome All right. Well, Julia, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the podcast today. This was such a fun conversation. And I think our audience is going to get so many tangible takeaways for ways that they can measure data, what they can measure, why they should measure, how they can measure it. I feel like we covered all of those who, what, when, where, why questions. Yeah. 
So yes, thank you so much again. Well, thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. So I really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I hope you have a good rest of your week. Thanks. You too. That's all for this episode of Career Everywhere. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time. Bye.